The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's listeners like you in 181 different countries that have made Negotiate Anything the most popular negotiation and conflict resolution podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, professor, and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Before we get started, I have two quick questions for you. Is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If you answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Reagan, thanks for joining us today. I am so psyched to be here. Thanks for having me back. Yes, it's great to have you back. I mean, you did so well on the first episode and on the replays of your episode, we're like, wow, we need to get you back. And you have something really exciting to share. So tell us about yourself and what you do and and what's new. Sure. I've got some big scoop and I will start with the scoop because that's always fun. So my book, Heart Boss, is just out in the market. It is a book for women who are trying to do and be all things to all people. And when it comes to my life's work, that's exactly what I do. So I am an executive and life coach for women who, you know, are asking this question, is this it, right? They've they've climbed the corporate ladder. They've built their business. They're raising their families. They're active in their communities. They sit on boards, everything they always thought they wanted. And they get there and they say, is this it? And I help them make that shift of asking the question to making the statement, this is it, Um, and, and to reclaim their lives. So my life's work is helping women step off that hamster wheel, reclaim their life, and um, really enjoy this journey that we get to go on. Fantastic. Well, let's start off going a little bit deeper into the book and some of the key takeaways, and then we'll transition into some of the really robust practical tools that we can take moving forward. Sure. So when it comes to this book, if you were to to say, I want the readers to take one thing from this book, what would that one thing be? One thing I would think that would be that they are enough as they are, right? Um, That they can reduce the pressure of perfecting everything, of pleasing everybody, you know, trying to be things that they think other people expect of them. And instead realizing that who they are is already enough and having the confidence to live that life and and to shed all the layers and, and expectations that we create that aren't even real. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I love the the last part that you said there, the expectations and that they're not real. Can you tell us more about that? So what's interesting is we create these false narratives, right? We think that everybody around us, it's our family, our, our partners, our communities, our friends, our colleagues have these expectations of us and expect us to act a certain way, make certain choices, get involved in certain things. But the reality is, and you know this and I know this, 
is nobody is really thinking about us as much as we think that they are, right? Um, it, it, and we get in our own way and we make choices based on what we think others are thinking. And 99% of the time, that's false, right? So once you have the courage to make choices from your gut instincts, following that sense of inner knowing what, what your body innately knows you need to do, that's when the game changes, right? That's when you shift from, is this it to this is it, right? I'm excited. I'm making choices that are informed by my gut instincts. I'm making choices that produce joy that um, no longer cause me to like ruminate or stress out over, you know, all of these obligations I have that I'm not even excited about. Um, so having the courage to ditch those false expectations we put on ourselves is a total game changer in life. This is great. And listeners too, I have a little Reagan in my head. Um, when people ask me to do things like sit on boards or do more free presentations <laughs> or things like that, you know, there's the people pleaser that's always inside me that says, oh, Kwame, wouldn't it be nice to help? And I said, wouldn't it be nice if I had time to do things that I enjoy? And then I hear your voice from the episode <laughs> just talking about setting those boundaries. So I, I appreciate this. And I think this is something that we all need to hear. For sure. And feel free to put me on speed dial if you ever need like a backup. Uh, but we get so wrapped up. I know the first episode we talked about shutting the shoulds in life and shoulds are things that you say yes to either out of fear or obligation. And I really encourage the, the people I work with and I talk about it in the book to run toward those intrinsic motivators, right? The things that bring you joy, the things that you're naturally interested in versus the extrinsic motivators, which are, you know, my Money, prestige, power, a certain title, because when you go after those things pretty soon, like they're not going to be enough. They're not going to feel good to you because you're not excited about it. You're not intrinsically motivated about it. So being able to shed the shoulds and, and, and say, no, I'm not going to do another free gig because I'm going to go play whatever basketball or read a book or do something for you. That's, that's so important to be able to set those boundaries. Absolutely. And it comes in very strange things because in, in very strange ways, because sometimes it's genuine obligations and expectations that you set for yourself that have expired. Right? Yes. And that's a big one because for instance, and listeners of the show for a long time have known, I kept on saying, Hey, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I will send you a personal message. We can chat. Everybody who reaches out to me can chat with me. Right. And I said, I will keep this promise for as long as I could. And now we're at 30,000 followers and I can't do it. So Reagan, like uh, on the weekends, I was spending, I was getting up early, getting up at like six and spending about three and three hours answering LinkedIn messages. And then the most liberating thing I did for myself in 2021 is I said, I'm, I'm going to let that go. Right. And I, I, it really hit me. I was essentially like you described, shooting on myself. Yeah. I feel like I should do it. So I am doing it, but I wasn't feeling at ease with that decision. I wasn't enjoying doing it as much as I used to just because it was, it was becoming overwhelming. And so For you sure. have to be honest with yourself in that way. Two, two things. Number one, when I emailed you recently and I got the automatic response saying, you know, I get 200 emails a day or whatever. Number one, my heart like started racing. Cause I'm like, Holy, you know, smokes 200 a day that causes me anxiety, but I loved the boundary that you set. Um, the second thing, what you just said is sometimes, you know, goals that you had or expectations that you have 
of yourself expire. And it's so important to always redefine what winning means to you, right? Because so often we're operating at something we said 10 years ago or five years ago, and maybe three months ago, but it no longer serves us. So to have the courage to identify what winning means to you and to make adjustments as needed, uh, and then to communicate that winning definition to the people in your life is critical because, you know, people evolve, you need to, you know, evolve as needed. Absolutely. And this, this is really powerful because we often talk about internal negotiations, right? And so with this, what we're doing is we're getting that clarity internally by resolving that internal conflict. And it makes it a lot easier for you to articulate what you really want and need to other people. And so for the listeners out there, what would you think, what would you say is the like the signal that we even need to have that type of conversation with ourselves? Mm. The signal can show up in so many different ways. It can show up as like snapping at your kids or your husband. It could be keeping you up at night. It could be that constant dread of getting up in the morning and thinking I have to respond to all of these LinkedIn things, or I have to go to this job I can't stand, or, you know, it it shows up in different ways for different people. Um, You know, for me, I'll share a personal story I actually haven't shared yet. But you know, during this pandemic, I've been, I am a classic sandwich generation, you know, person right now. So my kids are Uh, almost five and six. My mom is 85. She's aging kind of at a rapid clip. She's got macular degeneration. She's almost completely blind. Life feels overwhelming to me, right? I'm the youngest of six kids. So I'm also navigating uh, a lot of sibling opinions, right? And so one morning I showed up and energetically, you know, I'm making my kids lunches. I'm taking, we got a COVID puppy. I'm making sure the dog goes out. I'm changing over the laundry. This is all before, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. And one of my girls said to me, mom, I think you need a feelings doctor. And then the other one said, oh, she's got one. It's just not working. Meaning a therapist, right? Oh and so my kids know, can you believe that? My kids know that when I'm moving with fast energy and I'm like rushing from one thing to the next, that I'm not grounded, that I'm not present with them, and that I'm probably feeling anxiety. And they picked up on that. And I literally, my jaw like hit the kitchen counter because I was like, how do they know that? And like to to express that. So people like as young as five and six know when you're shitting on yourself or your boundaries aren't set or you need to recalibrate, you know, and for me that required with this, you know, extra layer of stuff on my plate, I let go of things that were, you know, okay, but not that 90% and above in order to make room for how my life has shifted with this additional, like worry about an aging parent. So you know, life changes and and you got to be able to adjust as needed and to tune in when things don't feel well. Right. And first of all, kudos on uh, raising two very self-aware kids and emotionally intelligent children. That's that's very (laughs) impressive. I, you know, thank you. I actually, I, I actually do feel really proud about that. We, um, I would say that happened thanks to COVID, right? I had the first, um, like emotional breakdown last spring when they, when I was homeschooling my kids, running a business, feeling very overwhelmed. And I decided to be honest with them. And I said, you know what, mommy feels sad. Mommy's really overwhelmed. And I share that with them. And I would say that was a pivotal moment where our relationship just 
shifted and it's so much deeper and our for all of my family it's really beautiful that's fantastic oh i love that story Hi, I'm Catherine Kanapke, and I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at the American Negotiation Institute. Did you know our company offers completely customizable negotiation workshops? The negotiation and conflict resolution skills that your team will learn from these workshops are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube, LinkedIn, and Instagram accounts to see our daily negotiation content. Thanks for listening. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. And one of the things you mentioned in the book is the importance of trusting your gut. And I feel like we, we've we touched on that in, in different ways in the interview, but I want to go deeper. So when you say trusting your gut, what does that mean to you, especially in the context of the, uh, the clientele that you serve? Yeah. So I'm going to share a story that I share in the book. So for me, this was back in uh, the recession. It was like 2009. And I got laid off from a a job that I loved and I did what any responsible 30 something would do. And I networked and I quickly got hired at another really fun agency. And I remember I started the job on a Monday and, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday went by and every day I felt a little bit more deflated. And by Friday morning, I found myself in this windowless conference room sitting in on a four hour conference call talking about women's hair care products. And I don't care about women's hair care products. Like it's not something I know about, care about. I don't know anything about hair. And we had this 10 minute window during that conference call to go like take a break. And I was on autopilot and I went to my desk and I turned out the light and I packed up my bag. And then I was like, Oh, you know, I need to tell people I'm leaving this job because I am out of here. I'm not spending my life like this. So I went back into the conference, this little pod, this windowless conference room. And I looked at my new boss and I said, I'm so sorry, but I cannot do this job anymore. I, I, this is not what I'm supposed to do. And do you know what he said? He looked at me and he said, I am so jealous. I wish I could leave. I was, I know I was in a very different phase of life. He had four kids and a wife. I was single. I had, you know, no obligations. And so I, I left that job and I walked home through Goodale Park. And it was there that I saw a man dressed as a clown riding a unicycle on 1130 on a Friday morning. And I thought to myself, if he can do that, I can quit a job I can't stand and land on my feet. That is an example of trusting your gut. I knew I was in a situation that didn't serve me. That wasn't my highest power that, that anybody else could do. And and somebody would be excited to do that job. It didn't light me up. So what I decided to do is take a huge risk, 
during a recession. I got a job at a shipping and, and uh, distribution like warehouse where I literally was packaging uh, heating and cooling supplies and counting inventory, but it gave me the flexibility to network and interview. And it, I found a dream job because of that moment. But you have to dial up guts. You have to have courage to, to trust that, that, that uh, excitement or that dread or whatever it is your body's telling you, you have to listen. And then if you trust it, amazing things will happen. Doors will open. People will connect you to the right places and spaces and all those things. But you have to trust your gut. And it, it will not steer you wrong. I love this. And so what we're recognizing, again, is the power of self-awareness. You got the message. You understood that there was something emotionally not sitting right with you at that moment. And so you listened to it and then made an adjustment. I think a lot of times people feel that and they respond inappropriately. So it's like, I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to get busier. So, so I, or I'm going to um, ignore it by going and doing something else, right? Distract myself. And so you recognize, no, this, this is a very clear sign that this right now is not for me. And so I think a lot of people can can understand that cognitively, right? They can appreciate what that means. But one of the things you mentioned was courage. How do they get the courage to do what they need to do in those moments? It depends on your personality, right? So I, as you know, am somebody that jumps without a parachute, right? And 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 thankfully I married a man that makes sure like I have a parachute, a backup parachute, and everybody in our village, you know, also has a parachute, even though they're not even jumping. Um, so some of it is personality. So if you're like me, you just know that you can leap and the net will appear, right? You just, you have that sense of faith in yourself. For other people, it might require hiring a coach. It might require hiring a therapist. Um, it might require confiding your dreams in your spouse or your friend or somebody um, asking for help right? That's such a big thing. Um, it, it's interesting when you have the courage to say what it is you're feeling, doors happen to open, right? And, and people will help connect those dots. So if you don't feel like you can do it on your own, surround yourself with the best people you possibly can, because they will make sure that you get what you need. I love it. Yeah. And, and that's so helpful. Because again, this team approach to these individual challenges is so smart, right? One of the things that I, I talk about is that I have a board of personal directors, right? A personal board of directors that I go to. And sometimes I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do. I just need other people to, to, to say, yes, do it. <laughs> right. Now, you know what? I don't know if we've ever talked about your board of directors. Cause I also have one and are your people, can you explain a little bit about like the different personalities you have? Am I allowed to ask you questions? Yeah, absolutely. Because I love this stuff. And I think it's so important to have one. Mm -hmm. a board of personal directors. Who's on yeah. your board? Like personality wise. So I have a mix. So I have my family mm -hmm. um, and I have to recognize that I have different people on my board for different reasons, right? Because I'm like you, I'm, I'm willing to take risks. Um, I have confidence in my ability to, to figure it out. I need to figure out though. One of the things that I often miss is the impact it has on the people around me. And so I'm just like, hey, do you have faith in me? Okay, green light, let's do it. <laughs> and so I can see the future and they just see the peril. Um, and so I need to, I need that check to make sure that, you know, I'm not missing
missing anything. So I need to master that message for my family, for instance. Um, Catherine, who's our chief operating officer at, at the American Negotiation Institute, I say, I'm the gas pedal, she's the brake pedal. So she needs to slow me down so I can think through things differently. Um, Yvette McGee-Brown, um, who's been on the podcast before. Uh, is there uh, anybody better? I mean, nobody. she is a boss of uh, that woman. Yeah. So the, the first African-American woman to sit on the Supreme Court of Ohio. And so professionally, I turn to her a lot, especially when it's in the, in the legal field. Um, and then I have some people, I have a mastermind group a mastermind group of people who are not just creating businesses, but creating businesses using the podcast as like a fundamental part of the promotional apparatus. And so running ideas past them about how they're able to structure their team, everybody working remotely, how they're able to improve their podcast and how they, even though the podcast seems to be the biggest thing, right? People looking at it at A&I would say that's the, that's the biggest thing, but how you have those business fundamentals behind that. Like I get into the nitty gritty with them. And so each person plays a very different role. So if my mom is giving me business advice, I, I respect respectfully let her know that I'm listening. Um, but that's not her, her strength. She has a PhD in nutrition and she loves me, but she doesn't have an MBA or a business experience in that regard, but she has business management experience. So when it comes to structural things within the business, that's where she can be strong, right? So I think it's important to have that board for yourself. They don't even need to know they're part of the board. They, you just talk to them, but understand where they can help you and where they can't. Yeah, totally. My board has, I have the perspective shifter. So somebody that thinks differently than I do, right? Because, you know, my personality is like yours, like, you know, green light, let's do this. Um, the cheerleader that I call when I'm down, you know, when I need to bounce back. Um, the accountability person, which is actually Stephanie Hanna, is who yeah. introduced us uh, back in the day. She's she's on one of my, you know, personal boards. And uh, the truth teller, I have a defense attorney who tells me the truth, whether I ask it. And sometimes I just get in unsolicited text messages with information. I'm like, okay, yeah, got it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And the thing is, what we're recognizing is that, yes, it's good to be smart, right? But it's even better to have a group of people around you who are smart as well. For sure. I mean, anything that you, anywhere you're trying to go is easier if you're not trying to go at it alone, right? Like if you, if you have people that are the wind, right, that you need to propel forward, that just makes life so much easier. Absolutely. This is great. Yeah, yeah, this is really, really great. And so listeners, what we're seeing is that we have to, when it comes to negotiating effectively, setting effective boundaries, um, communicating effectively, those things are really great, but they're nothing without effective decision making. And you can't rely 100% on yourself to make the right decision. And so what we're, we're, we're demonstrating here is essentially outsourcing a little bit of the decision-making process so you can feel more comfortable and then have those difficult conversations with more confidence. And if you're someone that gets stuck in that paralysis of decision-making, sometimes you just got to know there's no right or wrong, right? You just have to have motion forward. And, and stop like trying to make a perfect decision and have all of the answers, right? You can always change your mind with most things. You can always, you know, pivot or shift or do something. Um, I, I have so many people that just get paralyzed with decisions and, and, and you just need that momentum. You just need to take one step forward and then the next and then the next. 
Absolutely. I mean, essentially what you're saying is take those break, take a big decision and turn it into a smaller decision. For sure. Right. So you're yeah. just going to say, okay, I can, I can do this. Then let me assess, but I'm not going to needlessly wait. One of the things that I do is I, I set a shot clock for some decisions. And so I say, okay, this is pretty, I've been putting it off. Is because, your shot clock 30 seconds? Is it 45? Depends How long? On the thing. Okay. Depends on the thing. Cause sometimes I'm like, I should not allocate much time or energy to this. I'm giving myself three, three minutes. I'm going to talk it over with the team. Everybody here at, at the end of three minutes, we're going to make a decision and we're going to deal with whatever comes next. Sometimes it's something that needs a little bit more thought. Okay. We're going to make a decision in, in a week. Other times it's, it's 30 seconds. So it just depends on the gravity of the situation, but it makes you move. And the thing is, you know what comes after a decision another decision and then another one and another one so if it doesn't end up the way that I want we can still adjust uh-huh you can always adjust I love that shot clock I'm going to talk about that that's yes. amazing yeah I'm going to share that with the world I love it it's it's so helpful especially especially helping other people make decisions too like other people on my team and yeah. I think when you're thinking about um the perspective of leadership too. One of the things that I've recognized is helpful is saying, okay, listen, I trust you to make this decision and you, you've been waiting on it for a while. So here's your shot clock. And I want you to know this, I'm your boss. I'm telling you failure is okay. Right? So if you make a mistake, put it on me. I'm, I'm the one who pays you. <laughs> so yeah. you're okay regardless. So I think it's really important to let people know that they will be safe too. So they're more willing to make a decision if you're coming at it from the leadership perspective. Yeah. I mean, you're a better leader than most. I think it's probably fair to say, is that fair? I mean, I know you're exceptional. I, I don't know if it. it's fair to the other people. No, I know you're exceptional. It's not fair to other people. Maybe that maybe, maybe most people are exceptional leaders, but I don't know if that's true because I don't think people share that same uh, sentiment that you said, you know, here's your shot clock. I believe in you to make that right decision. That is such a skilled leadership uh, tactic that you have that I, I honestly, I, I have clients that aren't, you know, doing that kind of stuff because they're trying to make sure that their teams are doing the perfect thing, right? And so the, the team delivers something and then they're adding their preference on top of that. So what their team is learning is I'm not good enough. And eventually I'm going to stop doing some of these things because this person's going to change it all anyways, right? And apply their lens and their preference, which isn't even a requirement. It's a preference. You know, their right. preference is something that is different than a requirement. So that is an, that's an exceptional skill that you Thank have. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I mean, after what, we're over 250 episodes uh, of the podcast. I mean, I've been well-schooled by the best in the business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good so to I'm pay glad, attention. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad I picked something up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. And so one of the things that you say in, in, in the book is you're trying to create a life that you love. And so with us, our, uh, our motto is the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations. So we want to try to make these conversations easier. And so taken from the perspective of your book, what are some of the difficult conversations that people need to have in order to create the life that they love? Yeah. You know, it's different for everybody, but number one is being able to clearly communicate what it is you need to ask for help 
right? To be able to set those boundaries, like we've already talked about and saying, you know what, like this no longer serves me. And this is why, um, to be able to show up for yourself in ways that feel authentic to you and then having that courage to take the next step. So I think, um, truly to create a life you love is to, to take out the head trash, right? The, the stuff that we fill our brains with that is false, not true about ourselves whatsoever. And, and to start to recognize the truth within us um, and, and to have the courage to ask for help. You know, I share stories about, you know, feeling overwhelmed as a, uh, as a mom with young kids and asking my husband, you know, I need to get away. And he just like made it happen, right? He helped me get the respite that I needed. I, re- I, I shared a story um, from when I was a senior in high school and I was working at a summer camp and I, I didn't know it at the time because no one talked about mental health, but I had depression and somebody was sharing their story about having depression. I went home and had the hard conversation with my mom to say, listen, I think I need help. Like I'm feeling sad and I have no reason to feel this way. Right. So having the courage to have those difficult conversations, whether it's mental health, whether it's asking for a raise, you know, I talk about that in the book, having the courage to ask for a raise and almost doubling my salary. Right. Because I knew I deserved it, but I was so scared to have that conversation Uh, for showing up for yourself. It's all about showing up for yourself. Like you show up for others right? Once you start doing that, you're going to fall in love with your life, right? Because you're truly your own advocate. I love it. This is great. This is great. And and the, the through line of all of that is having the confidence to ask, For right? Sure. Yes. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's scary to raise your hand, to ask for help, to admit, you know, you can't do it all, but it's interesting. The more practice you have, I'm sure you find this, the easier it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in my book, I talk about rejection therapy, intentionally exposing myself to rejection, you know, so it, that practice is the thing. And the thing that makes it so tough is that I think people are looking for this silver bullet that makes it feel easy. It's never going to feel easy, but as you start to do it, it will start to feel easier. But that first step is always the hardest. Oh, it's so hard. And I still dread tough conversations. Like I'm never going to be somebody that's like, Oh, another tough conversation. Awesome. Um, but it, it does get easier and you feel so lifted the moment you have the courage to say like, Hey, something's wrong. And you know, we got to get to the heart of this and and then everyone wins in the end. I love it. This is great. And so Reagan, hypothetically, if there was a book out there that kind of covered some of the topics that we addressed, what book would you recommend for the listeners? Well, I would say Heart Boss, which is incredible. Uh, uh, My book, Heart Boss, will cover all of these things. It's a really fun read, if I do say so myself. Um, It's a a self-help memoir. There is a guide that goes with it to help you kind of navigate all of these topics that you can download on my website if you go to heartboss.com. And yeah, I'm just so thrilled to be able to talk about Heart Boss with you today. Thank you. Great. It's been so fun. No, this has been fantastic. And one last thing, because there are some listeners who say, listen, Kwame, Reagan sounds fantastic, but I only buy books that have a charitable purpose behind it. What would you say about that? Well, thanks for asking. So for the first week of Heart Boss sales, all revenue 
generated 100% is going to an organization called ROX, R-O-X, which is, stands for Ruling Our Experiences. It's a nonprofit that uplifts girls, gives them confidence um, in so many ways. It's data-driven. It started, it was founded at The Ohio State University. All the data came from there. It's expanding throughout the nation. Um, and, and so we'll see where it goes. The first week, 100% goes there, and then we'll see what unfolds as, as the book gains momentum. Fantastic. Reagan, thank you so much, my friend. We really appreciate it. So good to see you. Thank you. Congratulations. You've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.